Hello, this is Daniel Kavanagh from Anathema. How are you doing? Hope everybody is okay. Broadcasting from London, sitting outside at night, chilling, looking at the stars. There's nobody about. And uh, I want to welcome you to the second episode of We're Home Because We're Home podcast. In this episode, what I want to do is just play a couple of songs from the We're Here Because We're Here album because we haven't really finished that one yet. There's more things to tell about it, so I'll play a couple more songs from that and discuss that album a little bit more. And I'll also play you songs from other people showing our influences. And I'll start right now by doing that. Dead Mouse, Canadian electronic artist, really, really, really good. The thing about him that I've noticed above the other electronica I've heard is he's got a great sense of melody and you can hear it on this song. The song is called Strobe and you'll hear a great version, a great dance song moving along and it's all fine but then there's a shift in the middle and this synth arpeggio comes in and it's a really fantastic riff. I wish I'd written it. The live version is amazing and it's about 12 minutes long so we're going to play you the club edit. This is Dead Mouse and Strobe.
Okay, that was Dead Mouse and Strobe. Brilliant song, amazing. Uh, and I'm sure you can hear, that's one of the best electronic songs I've ever heard. Really melodic, really emotional and fantastically uplifting. Really, really good. So, I'm gonna play you next, a band that everybody knows, but it is one of the key influences for me. When this guy was at his peak, the singer, guitarist, which was in the early 2000s, I had him down, in my opinion, as the best riff writer in the world at that time. You know, he had the best sense of structure and the best sense of melody, and he just had the tone, you know. It really, really, really was great, and they took off with their third album, which is called Songs for the Deaf, and uh, it's a really good listen, and um, there's two amazing, well, three re or four really amazing songs on that record, but there's a lot of good ones too. Uh, I'm gonna play you a song that is, uh, in my opinion, it's perfect. I can't hear anything in this song, not a note out of place, nothing that isn't absolutely perfect. This is Queens of the Stone Age and go with the flow.
was Greens of the Stone Age and Go With The Flow. I hope you enjoyed that. You probably know that one a lot better than the Dead Mouse song. Uh, but they're equally as good as each other, I think, and completely different. So we're here because we're here at the album. The best thing to say about that record is that it was, it was a rebirth. It was our beginning of our expansion. It was the first album of the comeback. And it was mixed by Stephen Wilson and released by K-Scope. And those two things together with Prog Magazine, Jerry, and the people around it, and the people in K-Scope, Johnny and Tony and all the rest, um, Scott they, and Sarah, they made, it, um, they made it a really good time for us. It's, it's a really, really golden memory to look back on 2010. A really, really good time in life. The making of the record was a good time for me personally. One story that most people don't know is that one of the best moments I've ever had in my life was just making that record, but it wasn't anything about the music. I was going to the shops with Les in his van and we went to the Asda. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. We went to the Asda and... Um, the light was fading. It was beginning to become dusk. And uh, when we came out, the, as the, the light had changed and it, all the street lights were on, and it was really, you know, that dark blue as it's turning towards night. And honestly, I didn't say anything to Les, but I was absolutely, absolutely overjoyed. It was just a really, really great moment. But more than the moments of nature and that I had, it was also the, the sense of connection with the band and the sense of family. So that was like a really, it was a really, really big time for me, uh, very optimistic, uh, a good time. I was younger and it was, it was cool, man. It was cool. So I'll play a song from this record that a lot of people say is one of their favorites. It's certainly Daniel Cardoso's favorite on the album. This is a simple mistake.
I'll tell you a funny story about a simple mistake. Long after it was finished, John misheard the lyrics at the end. The lyrics at the end uh, say, it's never too late on the album. And he misheard it. And he thought it said, it's starting to rain. And I we all just went, wow, that is absolutely brilliant. And we all, and John had that expression on his face, which is like, yeah, it's so good. And that's what Vincent sings every single night now. It's starting to rain. So we're here because we're here. Um, what else to say about it? It was self-recorded by Les Smith in our own studio. And it took a long time and we combined that with the hindsight record. And although we were there too long and it was, it was tricky for a lot of the band, I in fact loved it, uh, being there in that bungalow. And, you know, there was like, to me, it felt like, you know, we were all together involved in it. I guess it just took too long and everybody got burnt out, but I felt good and I really enjoyed the experience. It's one of the key experiences of my life is spending that long with the band. And one of the best things and the things that I love the most about the band is the social aspect of it, you know, the connection to everybody, the laughs, the jokes, the hilarity, the visits from friends. Duncan came over and made Jamie do a funny dance with his knees. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> I digress. Yeah, it was a it was a good time for me personally, and um, I really, really did love, and do love, all of those guys, including Les and including Jamie. On Les, in fact, he he played a really key role in all of those years before we were signed. In as much as he was like a bit older than us, and he was like the leader and the organizer of many, many things. And um, I am massively grateful to him because his heart is really, really, really in the right place. And, you know, he's a big hearted guy and very, very funny when he's had a drink. And, you know, I'm glad I saw those times with him and Jamie and everybody. It was really, really special. Um, I loved it and I loved him and I do love him. I love Les so much that I, in fact, wrote a song about him, and I'm going to play that for you now. It, it ended up being on Distant Satellites, but I wrote the lyrics in about 15 minutes, and it was easy because I was just really speaking from the heart about those times and about, and about Les. So this is a song called Anathema.
hope you enjoyed that. That's my favourite guitar solo I've ever done. Um, yeah, that's a good song. I remember crying when it was mixed. I was alone and uh, in the hotel and heard the mix after I'd made this, the tweaks and the changes and cried when the riff came in. Because, uh, I don't know, it just got to me. It was a moment. Um, so I'll play something else. This is Kate Bush and um, Cloud Busting.
Another key person involved in the We're Here Because We're Here process was Stephen Wilson, who mixed the album and did a very, very good job. And one thing I noticed about him was he never took anything personal in any of the changes that we made, and he had focus and concentration that never broke. He never broke his focus and his concentration every day that we worked there. It was in his own studio at home, and I would visit each day and make the changes and, you know, kind of like, be sitting at the back of the room, just like guiding the things here and there. And um, it was really, really great. And I didn't realize until we talked with Porcupine Tree that there was this whole fan base of like prog fans and rock fans who liked everything. Oh, there's a, so you have to excuse the noise, there's a van around, well, there's a van on the street, but it just adds to the realism, doesn't it? So I didn't anticipate that the Porcupine Tree thing and the Steve Wilson thing and the K-Scope thing were going to come together for us in that way. And it was only after that album came out that um, it became, you know, our new way, our new direction, our new genre and focus. And I went into it, you know, I loved it. Um, I learned a lot from working with Stephen, but one of the two or three really key things I learned was uh, to never make an album over 55 minutes long and always use real strings if you need them rather than using a synth because there's a difference and he was right and when we were recording the string parts we were in this beautiful studio in London with the uh, the London Session Orchestra and the song Universal was being recorded and during the process uh, we were talking me and Steve and I told him that Universal was written by our drummer and <laughs> his chin nearly hit the floor, you know, because I just don't think he was used to, you know, many bands having drummers who write songs like that, but we've got one. John Douglas is absolutely key to what we do and he's an amazing writer and a great friend and a great balance if, a, if we need to decide which way a song or an album is going to go. So a song by John written on this record is uh, Universal and it has become and still remains one of our best songs, particularly live, where it really comes into its own, the power of it, you know, at the end section. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of our best. And uh, well done, John, and well done, Vincent, for putting this together. This is Universal.
Okay, so I'm going to play you another song that's unrelated to the album and unrelated to Anathema, mostly. Although this song is a key influence for me in the new album, in one of the songs on the new album. Um, when this song came out in 2014, I saw the video on YouTube and I watched it about 20 times in a row. It's that good. This is Coldplay. I know what you're thinking, but they're great. This is Coldplay and Midnight.
Okay, I'm back. That was Thin Air from the Universal gig. So, thinking about the times and, and the music we were listening to during the period that that song, that album and that song was being written, it was the 2000s, mid to late 2000s, and I remember Radiohead being a really key influence for us, all, you know, ever since the 90s, but particularly... Um, when In Rainbows came out, it was kind of like the one album that everybody in the band loved and um, the one band that everybody in the band loved. Um, I saw them live on that tour in Manchester uh, in the cricket ground in 2008 and uh, they were great. I've seen them five or six times now and they were absolutely great. I was quite far away, you know, the next time I saw them in, in, the, in the same venue, I was on the front row and it was totally different. So Radiohead, the In Rainbows album, absolutely amazing stuff. Didn't really hit me at first, because I was used to the Eraser, which was the solo album released the year previously. But when this album clicked for me, it really, really clicked. And um, I remember Jamie absolutely loved the album. And, and he would play all of the uh, basement videos and play Scotch Mist videos and the Adam Buxton thing that he was into and the video that he made for Radiohead. So I'll play a Radiohead song from that album and um, I think we may as well do a bit of a rock song, keep things uplifted. So this is Body Snatchers. <laughs>
Okay, finally, I'd like to uh, thank everybody for listening to this podcast, and um, there will be more and more coming. I might cover weather systems on the next one. I hope you forgive me if I play other people's music on these podcasts, but it's the most fun part for me, and I don't want to stop. So, um, thanks to everybody who's made a donation on the GoFundMe page. The dates are being rearranged for September, and all being well, fingers crossed, we'll be there in September to complete the tour and take we're here because we're here to you i really have loved playing the album live the london palladium gig was one of our big ones you know i don't like the word seminal it sounds a bit pretentious but it was for us a seminal moment i think vincent and everybody noticed and realized after we did it that wow we pulled it off you know props to charlie uh for filling in on the bass and to cardoso filling in on the drums and uh we're still writing with John and all of that. I'm still in contact with Jamie. And um, we're just taking things one day at a time. So, to finish, I thought I'd play a song that we were listening to in the 2000s. And we actually covered live several times before the We're Here Because We're Here was recorded. And I actually improvised a melody in our cover version, which became Dreaming Light. The reason I'm playing this song is because it came on shuffle earlier on and it's great. Uh, the video is devastatingly beautiful and um, it's the kind of thing that makes grown men cry. So if you haven't seen the video, do, uh, do YouTube it and check it out. This is a cover version that Johnny Cash did and it's called Hurt. See you later, everybody. myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the and you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you hurt thorns upon my liar's chair full of broken thoughts I cannot repair 
beneath the stains of time the feelings disappear you are someone else i am still right here what have i become my sweetest friend everyone i know goes away in the end and you could have it all my empire of dirt i will let you down 